This is the Quip and Quill podcast. I'm your host, Devin Rue, professional fantasy cartographer and illustrator. Hey, I'm James, and I make location animated location scenes for D&D and role-playing games. So, uh, so let's start with what do you use to create your tools, your uh, art, excuse me. Yeah, I, well, Photoshop to begin with, obviously. Um, I, I use a little bit of 3D modeling sometimes because um, a lot of my original stuff, which was like the Curse of Stride stuff and um, all, yeah, the, the published adventure stuff that I have done, is obviously based on they have maps of everything and that's kind of why i got my original ideas was all the published adventures there's maps for everything but there's not really that much artwork in them other than character artwork um so yeah i would oftentimes take the map and then um make a very very basic 3d model of the environment um of the location and then just do a really, really basic, just gray render of that. So it's just kind of like blocks and shapes and stuff. Um, so, so I can get the scale of things and I can get everything in the correct perspective because, you know, I'm trying to, originally I was trying to stay as, um, as, as close to the, the actual original as possible. So yeah, so I would do that and then just start painting over the top, um, everything in Photoshop. And then once that's done, um, I take so taken into a um, compositing program called Nuke. So I was uh, before I came a working for myself doing this kind of stuff on Patreon. Um, I was uh, working in visual effects for a film and TV in um, Canada, in Vancouver, actually. So uh, yeah, so I that's what I was doing as a job, doing all the effects and stuff. So I know how to do that, and that's the uh, Nuke is the professional grade tool of the, the program, I suppose, that, or the, the industry standard um, for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and then just that's it after that. So a little bit of 3D sometimes, Photoshop, basically 90% of the progress, and then all the other animation at the end. Gotcha. And you, um, so do you do this full time now or? Yeah, so I've been, I, I quit my, uh, office job in the um, film industry in uh, 2020. So yeah, I've been doing this on well, Patreon full time since then. Um, and that was the greatest day of my life. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. <laughs> Do you just create your own things and then there's a bunch of people that... Yeah, so on Patreon, yeah. So people subscribe. As I said, <clears throat> originally I was doing because I played through Curse of Stra, and then um, one of the first things I did was painted, because I, I was, so I go back a little bit further, I, I basically had every summer off where I was able to take summers off because I was doing contract stuff for four years in a row. Um, so be able to take two or three months off in the summer and then work a lot the rest of the time. Um, and every year I wanted to teach myself a new skill. One year I was, just, uh, I'm just going to teach myself to draw. So I started that, that pencil sketching and stuff and then had was running Curse of Stride at the time. So I just said, 
to my players, oh, I'll paint all your characters just as practice, something to do. And then I started painting um, landscape stuff after that, more concept art kind of things. And yeah, and then kept painting stuff from Curse of Stride because I was running it at the time. Um, and then a couple of years after that, or maybe a year and a half or something after that, I, know that I had only done a couple of the paintings from from that, from the, lo the location from Curse of Stride. And yeah, I was just sick of my um, office job and um, really, really wanted to quit and tr try to find some idea that could that I could take on. Originally, it was just kind of a project and a friend. Um, I yeah, decided like, oh, they, I got some good feedback from these um, couple of paintings that I did from Curse of Stride. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do some more and, and try to release them as like a, a pack or something for the people to um, and I had a friend, yeah, just suggest, oh, why don't you just put them on Patreon as you go? Just like, you know, upload them as you go. And so, yeah, I started that and had, uh, I think I started that in 2018 and had no expectations for that. It was just, oh, I'll just put it up here and see how it goes. And, and then, yeah, a year and a half or I think it was around a year and a half, less than two years later, I was earning enough just just yep. enough. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, actually, I was learning, earning less than pretty much I needed to support myself, but I just couldn't stand it any longer. And sometimes you kind of just have to take the leap, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I did. And, and yeah, haven't looked back since. But the way it works on Patreon is I uh, paint and release four scenes a month, just one a week, really. Um, and yeah. People, I kind of stopped doing so much the adventure stuff and trying to do more locations that are pretty common, I suppose, in in lots of games um, that lots of people can get use out of. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just make whatever I want nowadays, and if people like it, use it, then then they can. And um, that's basically how it works. So it takes about a week to make a whole scene, or is it just like a few days? Like, yeah, it doesn't take a week. I don't. Um, uh, a, a lot of my a lot of my job now is uh, extracurricular, I suppose. Then actually painting is is promoting and that kind of side of it. So that takes a lot of time of generating ideas for different stuff. Actual painting. Um, Depends what the scene is. If it's uh, like a landscape, I recently did some, um, so I've done some wilderness travel kind of landscapes for people to use while, say, a, a, a party is traveling over land, over a desert. So um, one of the recent ones I did was just kind of a landscape of sand dunes. Um, and that one took two days, maybe, maybe like seven, yes, well, I mean, maybe 10 hours or up, but then sometimes if I do an interior of a, like I just did an alchemist shop interior and that one took, I don't know, like 20, 25 hours or something because it's way more intricate. So yeah, pretty, they, they, they can vary quite a bit in, um, depending on how intricate they are. But yeah, so that's, I don't know, I suppose half the time and the rest of the other half the time. For a lot of people who, um, think 
that they have an understanding of what it takes to be a freelancer or uh, the time it takes as an artist don't realize the amount of admin work yeah. is required. Like it is, I would love to just spend my days just drawing the whole time. Yeah. Uh, but that's not how that works. <laughs> so do you get more inspirations from like seeing other people's work or just playing the game or video games, photography? What gets you the most ideas? One of the big things, honestly, has been uh, moving to England. So uh, we moved here from Canada, from Vancouver, uh, two years ago, less than two years. And, well, my God, I mean, England, the history here and the the buildings and castles and all that kind of, the landscape, all that kind of stuff is... Um, I definitely, definitely based quite a few <laughs> locations on different places here. Like, for example, um, a couple of, uh, maybe a month ago, last month, I did a Royal Garden um, location, which was kind of inspired by scenes in Game of Thrones, you know, where they're, where they're around the gardens and conspiring and that kind of stuff. So that was the, that was the scene that I had in my head painting that, but it was really inspired by um, we're going to all the English gardens here so there's like manor houses all over the place where you can go and see the massive gardens on, on the on the properties and um, especially in the springtime and summertime obviously it's just a, it's a big thing here which is it's, it's, I mean, it's beautiful to walk around and it's, and it's almost impossible not to be inspired when you see some ruined manor house or ruined castle with you know climbing roses growing up the side of it and all, all landscape and manicured grass and, and hedges and gardens all around us um, yeah as I say it's, it's, it's almost impossible not to be inspired by that kind of thing so just I mean I guess the short the shorter answer to that is living actually going outside getting inspiration from going outside and getting into nature and just paying attention to um, those kind of things when you do them and making sure that you do them because um, definitely there's weeks where I am at home and I'm not doing much and I finish a painting and then I go to do the next one and I kind of sit there for two or three hours just scrolling through Pinterest looking at art or looking at photos and just not I'm like oh, well, I don't know what I want to do uh, and then there's other days I go we, we go out and explore around go to some new place or go for a walk through the countryside and I get 10 ideas um, so yeah it's, it's definitely living for sure is, is one of the big things but um, yeah I mean uh, and, then, and then playing the game um, that's that's a bunch of it as well so how, how in depth do you get with your world building as a DM um well, the game I'm running now has been entirely homebrewed. Um, is this my? This may be the first game. No, I've I played short one before. They haven't gone very far. They've been entirely homebrewed. But I've kind of played a bunch of homebrew within different worlds. So, like, I I ran a homebrew story through a Lord of the Rings game, and we played a Star Wars game. Um, so stuff like that, like in another world, but the story itself is homebrewed. Um, but this one is, for the last year or so, has been 
my own world. I didn't really start off as a world per, per se. Um, I had I had built a world or started to build a world that I didn't really get that much of a chance to play with. And I stole a lot from that for this game. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, how deep do I go? Um, it depends when there's this thing, you know, that uh, I don't know who I heard it from, some indie YouTuber, but it's basically like when something comes up in the game, then you need to go deep on it. Otherwise, you don't really need to go deep on it unless you're you're interested or you think it's going to come up in the future or it's going to be part of the story. Um, so there's a lot of stuff where you know, obviously I had thought about and I something needs a name and uh, in the world that needs a name and I give it a name and one of the characters says, oh, ask a question about it and I, and I say, I don't know, let's find out. And then, yeah, we, we kind of write the story a little bit together in the moment um, and then or, or uh, a character, one of the one of the players asks a question or something. And I'm like, let me get back to you, and I'll write something about this or that god or this or that historical person or something like that. Um, but yeah, I I think <laughs> like for example, one of the things this is this is kind of deep, but it's also very vague. Is that one of the basic premises of my world is that it was at one point almost catastrophically destroyed and a lot of the history books and stuff like that because society was almost completely destroyed um, they know that basically in the world hell opened up and poured out and almost killed all of everything but they survived and they don't know how and so I refer to this thing as a, it's very vague on how long ago it was. So when they go to some place, they find some ruin that was, you know, from the old world, so to speak. I sometimes say, oh, you know, centuries ago when it was blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes I'll say, oh, you know, millennia ago, back when it was, you know, the, the old society still existed. And so this, uh, this, this time ranges anywhere in my mind from like 500 to 5,000 years ago. And I had no idea when exactly it was. And it doesn't really matter because it's just, it was the time before kind of thing. Um, and now it's a ruin. And sometimes there's books in there and they've survived somehow. Um, so it kind of been that long ago, but sometimes it's a complete ruin and everything is destroyed and gone to dust. So it's potentially thousands of years. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't really care so much about that kind of stuff, but um, anything that's involved with the character or, um, yeah, uh, stuff like well, anything to do with the, the players, for sure, the players' characters, it's, you know, you want to know a lot about. Um, but uh, some, 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 you, you can get by on some general rules for your world, I think, is like, you know, this is this is a fact in my world, or this is this is the law, or this is the rule in in my world, and then, um, yeah, you don't have to know even really the rest of the world. This like we're, when we started, I, I made a tiny little like a I don't know hundred mile by hundred mile map on a hex grid, and they're basically on a border town, and they're going out into the wilderness. Um, 
And so the rest of the world exists. So they're, they're like on the Western edge. And so East, there is society where they've all come from. And, and, but we don't really know anything about that. And they don't really care about the rest of the society doesn't really care about the border where they are. Um, so yeah, oftentimes I'll refer to some of the, I've given a name to one of the major cities, but we don't really know anything about it. It's just, oh yeah, probably back in, you know, back in the city, there's, there's something, the guild is doing something, or there's probably a church over there doing something or this or that. Um, so yeah, there's the, that's that's an interesting way to do it. It's just a world exists outside of the little area that you're playing in, um, but unless you choose to go there, then it doesn't really exist. So it's you know it's pretty quantum when you get down to it. You know, it doesn't exist unless you look at it. Um, so I don't know. That's that's and and also I'm really lazy most of the time, so I don't want to build all this stuff that's, that's not going to be used. That's shit to do. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, and clearly it works because I know quite a few DMs that are just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm the, uh, I'm the, the person that's like, oh, no, I need to know Teutonic Plates and how the planet was formed. And, like, I go way, way. But I've also been playing in the homebrew world that we have we've been playing in it for like a very long time right 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 and i'm a cartographer yeah well it's expected of you then obviously right or at least i think it is i'm sure there's other cartographers like oh i don't do that yeah yeah (laughs) they come up with some names and there's some mountains over there there's some trees and i don't know how they um but i do i do i have mentioned a few times and i do like to think about that um the map that I have drawn has changed, so they they they've found reference to places that are that would be in this hundred mile radius area. Um, but the forest has changed, or the the, the landscape of the, a river has changed over time. So I do like to think about that kind of thing. That that um, what was coastline is now a swamp. So the, the coastline has, for some reason, has moved a long way back over, you know, hundreds or thousands of years. Um, and maybe that was natural, but maybe it wasn't. I don't really know. Um, so that dropping that kind of stuff in there, I think definitely just helps make it feel real um, and make make you f- be able to feel the timescape if, if that is part of, like it is with my world. It is like that's a main theme about the story, um, you, you kind of need to feel that, oh, wow, this, you know, there's, there's all this time has passed and everything was destroyed and all this history is from a really another age. Um, and, you know, everyone steals that from Tolkien. So, right. Uh, yeah. Thank you, JRR. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, it also helps when you end up with one of your players that wants to be a historian. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I must have been a historian or the player or both. Both. Okay. Yeah. So what happened? Every once in a while, I just one of my players just loves playing some seriously nerdy characters, and uh, the most recent one is a historian. So 
I gave them a lot of information that they would know. And it was funny because she was like, did you, did you already have this or did you have to write this for me? And I was like, oh no, I had it. <laughs> She's like, really? I was like, oh yeah, no, it's, yeah. I, and I do it's it. Problem. It's a, it's a, it's a real problem. It's a serious problem. It takes up. It, it does. It consumes a great deal of time, but I also, I, I love doing it. It's one of my, um, it's one of the favorite ways that I pass time when I have other things that, that, you know, I'm waiting for something to render on my computer or. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. All that stuff is for you, mostly. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's a hundred percent for me. If my players ever dive into it, great. If not, that's fine. It's a hundred percent for me. Yeah, yeah. And I did it before we ever played in this world. As a matter of fact, the only reason we play in this world is because I was already building a history for it. Yeah. And it is, I just have um, passion projects that I do for myself in in my free time and stuff. Because uh, one, I have a, an incredibly vivid imagination. And a lot of times I just like to play. And an idea comes to me for, you know, like a part of the map or a particular culture or a festival or holiday. And I just write it all out. Yeah. And and now I use um, I use like Legend Keeper to um, to help me sort of organize all of that. And then I let my players they can I can choose what parts they can actually see of all the information I have in the world. Mm. Which is great because we're in the middle of playing and something comes up and they'll ask whether or not, you know, whatever book they're reading. And I just click a little icon, you know, uh, eyeball icon, whatever the hell. And they magically can just see it because they read that book. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think there's one of the reasons that I, I kind of prepare the way that I do is that there's... Um, I found that if I over-prepare a bunch of things, a bunch of facts that, like, ahead of a session or something, I know what they're going to do, that are a part of the world that I want to drop in, I'll forget half of them during play. And then when I go back and look at my notes afterwards, I'll just be annoyed at myself, like, ah, oh, that one was so good, that idea, oh, shit, I forgot to put that in there. Oh, that would have been so good there, and I forgot to put that in. But if I if I come up with just a, a couple of things, I probably won't forget them. I'll be able to put them, drop drop them in as we go. Um, so I, I think for for actual practical purposes, that's what I've found is the best thing for me, at least in um, actually making you know being able to effectively intersperse those those facts about the world into the game is you know ahead of time is just like have I don't know half a dozen or, or less like two or three little factoids that you know that you'll probably be able to weave in somehow and um, you'll be able to do them um, and yeah so I mean as long as you are all having fun it doesn't matter the amount that you do or don't prepare yeah you know, for me, a lot of it is because I love, like I said, I love world building. And 
Um, it is one of the reasons why I, uh, uh, again, to absolutely plug them because I do love them, is Legend Keeper. Um, because the great thing is, because I do think of the weirdest shit at the strangest fucking times, I can just write notes and then we'll start playing and one of them will remind me of something I thought of at three o'clock in the morning and was like, oh my God, you know, and I can actually just insert that perfectly like I meant to do it the entire time because I am not always that fucking good at improv. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd like to think I am, but I'm not. <laughs> I wonder, um, I wonder if, if, if you world build in the same way because when I was a couple of years ago coming up with, I just decided like, I'm not really playing that much right now. I'm just going to start making my own world because of the, the same reason you're talking about just because because I'll probably find it interesting I haven't done it before but I the way I went about the way I started was I just wrote things down of stuff that I liked from genres or books or 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 films or whatever it is that I've consumed in the past that I've really liked and 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 then just thought alright how do I smash all these things together and create a world just out of like steal from basically everything that I like all the best stuff from all the best stuff that I like and I steal it all and and with a sledgehammer smash it all together into some new coherent shape um and that's pretty much what I did I think um so I don't know if you're the same way I I usually most of my worlds have started off as a a um a concept of something that I thought was missing in a world that I was watching or playing or uh, somehow involved in consuming in some way where I'm like, oh, you know, like, what if there was a world where the concept of like classes didn't exist and instead you had to be like literally voted you had to provide for everybody and the only way that you could be a leader was if you could prove it you know and I so I did one of my one of my worlds is actually started because I was like well what if there wasn't that kind of class system and of course it's only on a particular content uh, continent because other areas of the world aren't going to you know not everybody has this weird uniform government that seems to occur in a lot of people's worlds. I'm really confused, not confused by, but I'm really like, how come your entire, how did your entire world end up with the same governmental type all over the place or the same exact pantheon across it? Culturally, that doesn't happen, especially when everyone's trying to like have isolated, you know, cultures that aren't, influenced by outside forces and yet somehow they still believe in the same gods or pantheon and i'm like that doesn't make sense so i i usually do things like that i think it's because people aren't as crazily obsessed as you and want to make up like an individual pantheon for this little village over here like each little village has their own gods because they've evolved in their own little area and yeah, it's laziness. Yeah, for sure. But, but that's what happens. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> no, I agree with you for sure. Yeah. I yeah. want an immersive world. I want a world that feels so real that 
it is impossible for me to not like I tell uh I, I say all the time that I am that kid reading that that book in an attic that throws open the shutters in the middle of a storm and screams out the princess's name because if I don't give her a name, she will no longer exist. And for anyone who doesn't know, that is the never-ending story reference. Yeah. <laughs> I I have always loved the the idea that magic exists in our world but yeah. we have to we have to make it and we have to manifest it ourselves so yeah. I just need to find the perfect words said in the correct order and I will magically have a portal open in front of me to the worlds that I create right yeah yeah you know so I need to give them as much depth as possible or else my poor world will have like very little dimension and won't be as vibrant when I get there as I I want it to be. See, I found that kind of, um, I almost struggled because I when, when I was making, coming up with my own world, I was painting uh, locations from that world and it's, it, it has a bunch of unique stuff. Like, like as I said, when I, when I took all of this, the, the stuff that I liked best from all the things that I liked and smashed them together. A bunch of unique, strange stuff comes out of it, usually. And so I, f- I actually found it kind of a lot more difficult to paint those locations than I did, you know, some, you know, a, a, a regular normal thing. And I wondered, I wondered if it was because I... I struggled to lock it down, so to speak, like make it, you know, after you put it down on, on in word or in a painting, it's canon. It is the way it is. This is the thing in the world instead of just some kind of abstract description or a picture in my head. Um, yeah, that was, I don't know. It was just, it was just strange that, I was very much more passionate about making stuff from my world or thinking about my world than some generic fancy location or something like that. But when I actually went to sit down to paint it, it was, it was much more of a struggle. Maybe it's, you know, committing to it has to be that and then that's it. You can't, yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, maybe, yeah. maybe your world is constantly changing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the point. They They are, right? As you discover more of it it's, it's always going to change every little thing that you add in is going to shape and shift the world in, in in some new way every every new baby that is born is going to change the world in some way i don't think anybody needs to dive as deep into something as i do <laughs> uh if they do great if you don't great you know again it comes down to when most of my players i don't think would ever notice Again, I'm definitely not creating like I'm creating for them if they ask. But, you know, that's not this whole reason by any means. And I'm creating more for me than anything else, because this is where I play, especially as a DM. This is how I get to play. I suppose a lot of the game is, you know, you're you're playing it by yourself as 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 a DM that you're. And you're coming up with the the next part of the story or the next part of the world. You're yeah. 
technically in a way playing the game but if your world if you perceive your world your planet as its own character then yes that's who you play plus all the npcs (laughs) right right yeah exactly you get the most characters out of everybody (laughs) yeah right yeah that's why that's why i say to all the the my players i'm like yeah you guys get you only get to play one player i get to play everyone else everyone else so good but yeah, that's that's right. Well, I do get to play a lot then. I'm I'm, I'm playing with myself every day. I mean, that's one way of phrasing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's another way, to be honest. Ever. Right? No, I mean, it's it's the most truthful way. You are playing with yourself a lot. Yeah, a lot every day. Be careful. That's how I ended up blind. <laughs> I only played by myself until I was, you know, partially blind. And then I was like, oh, shit, I should stop. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't really consider what I do anymore as a job. I think it's work, but I definitely I don't call what I do a job. Um, That's what I always tell people, because um, this is, you know, this is something that I did I put a lot of effort into before I ever thought that I would make any money from it. And that really hasn't changed. The The fact that I now make a living from it um, is kind of coincidental. So it's, this is, this is not like any other job that I've had. So I don't really consider it the same thing. Um, so yeah, it's, and it, it needs to have another word. And the only thing is like, Everybody needs to work, but you don't, that doesn't need to be a job. Like you need work for your life to generate meaning. So the problem that we have is how many people think literally our day is just sitting there drawing that there's really not much else that goes on. Um, And it's one of the things that unfortunately helps devalue the price of art for a lot of people. Mm. Um, Because the seriousness of what, of trying to do this enough to earn a living wage is a lot and it has you know spurred the hustle culture and you know constantly you know especially when you first start you know a lot of artists take a huge cut in pay and don't even make minimum wage and then once you start going to to keep your patrons or to keep you know, people coming back or customers, the amount of art that some people really have to put out in order to maintain that, again, it it becomes a lot. And I always want to stress the seriousness of this is not easy. I'm not sitting here at a computer playing all day and doodling, mm. you know, So it is a job. I I do have to deal with taxes and, you know, business licenses and running a website and running a Patreon and customer service and uh, dealing with socials and dealing with trolls, you know, on top of, you know, trying to get, you know, um, either commissions or bigger projects or to get my name out there to have them come to me instead, you know, of me trying to, you know, to work with, you know, people like Wizards of the Coast or Critical Role, you know, it's a lot to get your name out there. So it, it's, you know, 
yes, I love this. I would do this, absolutely pick this over just about anything else in existence um, because I have such a passion for it because I really, really love what I do, but it's still a lot of work. Yeah, that's I, I completely agree. And I guess I've, this is over the years that I've, that I've thought about this, it's just comparing because as I said you know at the start I, I was working in an office and I was just you know over a couple of years just realizing that oh this is not actually what I want from my life I'm not getting out of this what I thought it was going to provide and I I, I, I can't put up with this any longer and I've got to find a, a way out of it and um, comparing you know like putting the same name I suppose it's just a, it's like a, how can they be the same thing in my head? I just don't understand that they're not the same thing because they're not the same experience. What I do now, which some people call a job to what that was, or, you know, anybody who works a quote unquote job, a nine to five or whatever it is that they fucking just, you know, they're just doing it they just have to do it, but they're locked in almost. They don't really have another choice. To say that this is the same thing as that, because now that I've done both, I just like it, it seems a disservice giving it the same name. Oh, a- absolutely. You know, I just never want to uh, delude anyone. Yeah, it takes a hell. It's 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 a lot. It's a lot of work. My God, the amount of hours that I had to put in to actually quit my job. You know, I had to work three three jobs to be able to quit my office job to then be able to do this full time and that was I don't know 60 70 hours a week or something for like six months um but to knowing the reason that I was doing that was so I could quit my quote unquote job and do something that was just work that was fulfilling work but not a job because I assume I assume at some point you had a quote unquote job like me and then you haven't Oh, unless I, I'm not exactly sure your career history, but um, but the, the, I don't think it's a hugely common thing because when I describe to when I meet someone new and then I describe what I do and then describe you know tell them that that I worked an office job and I didn't like it and then this is what I do now and this is my life now and the majority of the time when I describe my life now to them. I just see in their eyes the quiet desperation of the, the exact, I see the spirit that was in me when I was working in the nine to five and I just couldn't do it anymore. And that feeling, um, I see that oftentimes in them and, you know, kind of like blows their mind. So it, it, it you know, I, I, I understand that it's, not, not many people get to experience what I've experienced and I'm like so fucking lucky and grateful that I get to live this life but yeah as I say it's it's a hell of a lot of work but I, I at least I have choice now I feel like it's yes I can choose to do or I can choose to put this work in and I I, I genuinely choose to do it. It's 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 none of it. None of this is required. I do it because I want to. And it's I come from a a different space where um, I loved 
the job that I had previously. So I used to be an efficiency manager. Mm. And I loved my job. It was fantastic for someone who is such an organized thinker like I am and um, that gets to put, you know, um, policies in place and um, to actually try and help other, you know, workers and actually make a minimum wage or, or living wage, excuse me, and make beyond that or get a a package or whatever that works for so they can actually afford insurance and all that other stuff because there's a whole lot to it it's not just it's not just a weird thing where uh again where hollywood portrays you is like oh no, you don't do your job you're fired but i loved it because it was a much more fast-paced it it was really challenging for my way of thinking and it was a great experience and i did it for actually quite some time but unfortunately, I was getting sick because I have an immune disorder and uh, I was getting more and more sick and it was progressing to the point where I was having problems and I just couldn't keep up with it because my illness causes uh, chronic fatigue. So I couldn't keep up with that pace and it sucked and it was gut-wrenching because I loved it. And then I ended up going into uh, being a research analyst because again, that's just where my brain goes. Incidentally, I met my wife and we started traveling a lot and which was really hard to do and be a research analyst at the same time. So uh, we kind of decided like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. So I actually had, you know, I got to just, thankfully enough, just be an artist and just create. Mm. And then it turned into what it is now. Even if given the choice, if I, you know, could still go back and do what I did that I loved and got paid amazing money for, I would pick this in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, because even if you love what you do as your your job, occupation, career, whatever you want to call it, when you have a calling to do something artistic, it's really hard to ever walk away from it once you start doing it. Yeah, uh, there's, there's, there's no, there's absolutely no way. There's no amount of money pay me to go back into an office. I read a book recently that, that talked about um, this problem with specialization in society um, in the, you know, since the industrial age, I suppose. Um, and that we as workers, as, 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 yeah, workers, I suppose, we don't consume what we create generally, unless you're like, you know, and uh, a, a small crop farmer or something like that. Even then, mostly you're not you're not consuming what you create. Um, and there's just this something lost there. And to be able to, I mean, even me, I don't fully or, or even most of the time use what I create. But it's still so much closer to what I was doing before. Yeah, like I was, I was working on a TV show or a movie and I would watch the movie sometimes. Most of the time I wouldn't watch the TV show. I was not interested. Um, and, and so many people, they're, 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 like there's this huge detachment and um, instead of, you know, you're, you're what, what, at one point in time, like 90% or, or something like that of, of society were farmers. And so they're all basically consuming what they create. Um, and now it's hugely the opposite. Um, 
So yeah, to have to have the opportunity to like uh, that's what I mean. Is I think what you're saying is once you once you find a something that you can kind of really get close to to consuming what you create as a career, then you understand. Oh, this is something that is missing for a lot of people. Um, and once you find that, oh my god, I would not give that up, even if it is more work or more. It's more time. There's, there's there's no way that I would trade that. Um, and I, I my hope is that well, I try to encourage as many people as I can. I talk to if I ever hear a hint from someone who's thinking about something. I'm always just like, yes, yes, do it, do it, do it. Oh my god, yes, 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 do it. Try, try please. I just also want to to like. Here's all the knowledge I have. Like, here's here's everything. Here's the good and the bad, just so you're prepared for it. Because I I think also because I am a former efficiency manager and I've helped so many companies start. And I I could have a whole podcast about how to get into the RPG space and how to have a business and run it and blah blah blah. Uh, and I've I genuinely thought about it, but also at the same time, that doesn't sound like nearly as much fun as this. When you look at anything more realistically, it's it's wonderful to have dreams and everything else. And by all means, always pursue them if you can. But unfortunately, there's so many incredibly skilled artists out there who start in this industry and and give up because there's so much other stuff included that they're not prepared for, they don't know how to do, or they're never even remotely told about, you know, um, specifically when it comes to like contracts and collaborating. Uh, I recently had someone come up and, and ask me about how much they should charge for maps and blah, blah. And they said that they had signed with somebody and essentially signed their work away for really next to no money. Yeah, right. And that's so common. And they were like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I feel like somebody took huge advantage of me. And now I'm in contract for all of this work. And I can't even fulfill like stuff for my Patreon. You know, and I'm like, oh, man. You know, and I feel that so bad. So I never... I always want to encourage somebody to follow follow the dreams or pursue art or pursue their creativity just in a realistic way cuz unfortunately if you don't a lot of times we because we do we'll sign up for you know when we first start it's like oh oh my god critical role you know <laughs> I'll do this for free you know <laughs> you know especially if we're a huge fan of it are you kidding me bethesda here here have a map you know like whatever you want i play elder scrolls just you know like but it should never be that way because even if you're a huge fan and you just want to be a part of it it's still your time and your your skill don't give that away for free because you will regret it oh my god i've so much there's a there's a huge part of me that wants to disagree with you um, and say, yeah, just because I still, I don't know if struggle is the right word because I don't really struggle with it, but I do want to give my stuff away for cheap or, you know, just like 
if, if someone wants to license my stuff, I kind of, the, the, the price that I quote them almost feels just like a token to me. Um, but it's something and there's always the part of me that, that says, James, you know, this is not, this is like nothing that you're asking from them. And then the other side of me just says, yeah, but that's fine. Like they get to use it. Then, then someone finds use of what you make and you're doing fine. You don't, you don't like need all this extra money or whatever. It's, 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 it's going to be fine. You're doing okay. And then it's like, oh no, but, but, but you, you know, you gotta get what you're worth. And but then, no, 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 that's okay. But it's like they, they get to enjoy it. And then more people get to enjoy it. If you like give it away for cheap or free or whatever, it's okay. Um, so there's yes, this, but some of us have to pay our bills. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but well, me too, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, no, just, there is this temptation of, um, yeah, just I don't know, like, oh, yeah, it's like I, I almost feel bad sometimes for, for getting paid for what I make because, as I say, it goes back to this whole job slash work thing, like, what do I consider it? That I almost feel bad that. I get to enjoy what I'm doing so much and, you know, make a living from it. Um, that it's almost like because so much of my career, you know, I spent 10 years or more not do, kind of doing something for the money, like mostly for the paycheck. Um, even though I did enjoy it and I was learning and, you know, it, it was at the time what I wanted to do a huge incentive of doing it was the paycheck and now it's not the paycheck is kind of just a side thing so there's this massive temptation to like not really care about that is just oh someone likes my stuff wow holy shit like someone likes my stuff and wants to use it in their product then here yeah take it i don't really i don't i don't even know who you are but i'm i just i i feel um you know, flattered that, that you like my stuff enough to want to put it in your thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it, that, that is a hard, hard a difficult hurdle to come up. And then when, once you do, it's like, all right, well, what is my stuff worth? What, what, what should I be charging? And a lot of the time that the, the people who are asking for it are, um, there are other creators who I assume are, are, don't have a, a hell of a lot of money. They're just like trying to make a thing. And I'm like, I don't want to charge you a hell, like, like a lot of money. I want you to have it because I want you, it's that thing, you know. When I see someone or talk to someone who's trying to make something, no matter where they are, it's like if they're already successful or if they're not quote unquote successful yet, I, I want to encourage you. So there's just this big part of me that just wants to encourage other people to make shit because I find the value in making shit so much. So. If I can help someone in any way, any in any way to make some new shit, then I kind of want to do that. And if me giving my stuff to them for free, like if if me charging them means that they can't do it, then I'm like, ah, that sucks. That's just a lost opportunity. So I kind of just, I don't, yeah, and I never want that to happen. I never want to say, oh yeah, this is this is my cost of licensing something, and they're like. I can't afford that. Therefore, I can't use it. Therefore, I can't. I'm like, oh, I don't. I, I don't want to ever come up. I tell everyone, uh, especially if they're if they are a smaller creator, that I'm like, hey, listen, I'll work within your budget. Your budget. I just really want to do this project. As long as 
as long as I can afford it. So if you're an artist and you're listening, I do give stuff away for free, but only because I can afford it. Here's the thing, like Patreon is is an amazing tool because it does allow us to give things away for free because we do have people that subscribe to us. So if you're not a subscriber of James's yet, you should be to help to help him give things away for free for the whole two listeners that are listening. That's what you should be doing. Yeah, it's Christmas every day at Patreon forward slash James R. Patreon. We will make sure to to, to have your link in the (laughs) description. So this way it's a lot easier. Was was that too subtle? Not subtle enough. Come on. You need to slap people across the face with that URL. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) How else are they going to know? No, how will they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole time, I've I've barely even said your name. I'm a horrible host. That's okay. Do I even exist? I I am just a voice in your head. Yeah, right. See, here, you know what? I've I've invented you. Yeah. I'm really just talking to myself. I'm great at impersonation. Yeah, that's right. I'm just talking into two different mics as I have this conversation with myself. You've been practicing your accents. I have. I have. Technically, yes, but that's only because my players are hilarious. And um, I took speech therapy classes when I was much younger um, because I grew up all over the place. I traveled a lot as a kid and I had a very unusual accent. And uh, when I started a job where I was doing a great deal of communication, my boss was like, we kind of, we, you know what? We have speech therapy if you'd like to take it so you don't feel like you're struggling with some people. And I was like, oh yeah, no, that's great. I would I would love to, you know, because I genuinely was tired of repeating myself, saying certain words. That's that's fine. So I actually lost my, my original accent. But the funny thing is, is that it made it so I could do other accents fairly easily. Uh, so my players love to throw things at me where I'm switching accents like several times in a single like you know session or for that matter a single conversation yeah right yeah you you have like three NPCs that are just talking to each other while the players are standing there watching yeah pretty much you know which is you know and they of course very rarely do this when we're doing it you know our text-based conversations you know it's like you know what i hate you all you're assholes do the thing never do the thing do the thing where you talk to yourself okay (laughs) listen a boulder out of the sky mysteriously comes down and crushes your character it's weird (laughs) yeah you don't even have time to dodge sorry and it has a French accent. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I yeah, love my, play, my players. My players love my terrible accent. I have a couple of really, really bad ones that they just mm. love watching me struggle with. I tried to do Spanish the other day and yeah, it didn't go very well. No, no. no it didn't, didn't go great. <laughs> I won't torture you by asking. But I will just trust that it did not go well because I'm not going to do any of mine. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I unfortunately maybe invited one of my really good friends to uh, to come on the podcast with me, and I know the whole thing's just going to be us goofing and and doing really bad accents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you ever have that one friend where you're just like the entire conversation is the two of you quoting movies or songs and just doing weird accents off of each other. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a few of them I grew up with, you know, high school friends that are just, yeah, it's it's just it's just a never-ending inside joke conversation. Yes, yeah. So I was like, yeah, we're gonna actually have to have questions prepared for that one, or else we yeah, that would be someone to listen to (laughs) (laughs) with no context. Everyone definitely go and uh, subscribe to his Patreon, James RPG Art, or the website. All the website, jamesrpgr.com. That's the best part. Yeah. All the socials, everything else? Yeah, it's all the same thing. But uh, yeah, the website is the best place to go and see all the stuff that I've made. All uh, a few hundred, few hundred different locations that's up there now. Yeah.